0: Hey, 12. Congratulations, man, on passing my touchdown record. I have one request. Go get us another Super Bowl. Congrats. This is where Wisconsin gathers
1: to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: You know, it's funny that Rodgers passed Favre's touchdown record this weekend and we were reminiscing about Favre and the differences between Rodgers and Favre and obviously the interceptions and the personality and all that. That's been on our mind this week. Well, Rodgers did some talk about possibly retiring this offseason in his press conference today. So I, (laughs) the Favre thing is coming full circle. I don't know how it did. I don't know how it happened so fast. With Favre, this took years. Right? It took multiple off-seasons of, eh, I'm not sure, maybe, maybe not. I'll be back. Hey, God knows. I don't know. I'm not in charge. I leave that all up to the big man upstairs or I guess whatever entity Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley ascribe to. I don't think there's a God in Divergent. There's something bigger and better that created the faction system or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Rodgers, I'm reading this quote from today's presser about, eh, maybe, maybe not. You know, some of the comments I've made about this, Brian Gutekind's that, this, the other, I'm not sure, maybe, we'll see, I don't want to drag this out. Well, okay. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the Aaron Rodgers retirement stuff, but we're going to get to it in the second half of the show, and he's not threatening to retire right now, he was just asked to talk about his future, and obviously we've heard this before, nothing's nailed down. He doesn't want to go out playing like a bum, that's what he said, he wants to go out on top, which... I don't think bodes well for a long-term future in Green Bay. I'm going to think about that more as the show goes on, and we're going to talk about that specifically at 5.30. I'm excited to unpack that carefully, slowly, little by little, but I do want to unpack the retirement thing and not wanting to go out like a bum because I think there are some specific, useful conversations that we can have about that. That's in the 5 o'clock hour. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an excellent day. It's cold as balls outside, but it's kind of nice. It feels like winter. I'm about it. So I actually like that, even though I almost froze my hands off. I went to get food halfway through today. Sushi deal at festival. So I went to eat sushi for lunch. And I talked to Zach Heilpern this afternoon while I was eating my sushi. Zach is in Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl. And he wasn't free during the show. Obligations, you know, bull things. Or maybe he's playing the slots. I don't know. But Zach had something going on during the show. But we were able to talk at around 2 o'clock today. So, I recorded that conversation. We're going to talk Badgers football, talk about tomorrow night's bowl game, and we touched on the Packers for two or three minutes at the end. That's coming up at 4 30. I will play that interview for you. Again, it's only two hours old. It's just not dated. It's not obsolete. It's two hours old. I talked to Zach again because I don't know what he's doing. I didn't ask. I kind of hope that he is playing the slots. I hope he's doing something cool. I hope he's not like typing up a transcript of an interview in his hotel room. I hope he's doing something cool. Uh, he's in Vegas today. And then obviously tomorrow night is the bowl game against Arizona State, which is at 930. Well, that's when the Gophers played last night. I tried with the Gophers, but I I didn't even come close staying up for the end of that game. So college football, Badgers, Zach Heilprin at 430. Matt LaFleur made a couple of interesting points about some players who were coming off of injuries and hoping to get back on the field. Jair Alexander, most notably, uh, he was activated today. That wasn't a shocker. Um, they kind of had to. So we'll talk about that talk about some other things relating to the Vikings game that's upcoming this weekend. You can join me. Send me a text or give me a call. 608-796-2558. Follow and tweet me at Wisco Grant. Another really slick way to get in touch with the show. I actually want to start by talking about John Madden who passed away yesterday. Yesterday morning he passed away. Uh, and then Adam Schefter, I think, broke the news last night around 6, 15, 6, 20. Something like that. He was 85. Or as, um, our friend Brian Anderson would say. He was 85 years of age. Maybe insensitive, wrong time. Read a room to make Brian Anderson jokes. He was 85. He had a long life, obviously very successful. It's not like I'm a diehard John Madden fan. I haven't played Madden the video game in years. I actually don't like it. Not slandering it for you. If it's your thing, go off. I'll stick with 2K or Call of Duty, or I just, I won't play video games. I don't a lot. I haven't been on the League of Legends grind in a while, but I haven't played Madden in a while either. It's not like I idolized John Madden. I first knew him from the video game and then from Caliendo. And then, you know, you learn the backstory as you kind of get more into sports. I'm interested in John Madden. And I want to start with him today because his career is nuts and it's interesting. And I want to talk about it. And it was fun to read about today and, and listen to stories. And obviously everyone on their podcast and their show and their television show, they're talking about You know this story from back in the day and we're interviewing this person who worked with him at this network you know so I I heard some interesting stories when I went digging today so he coached from 1960 to 1978 he was a head coach from 69 to 78 that's a fairly short coaching career I feel as though with a lot of football coaches they're lifers you know even like the Shermers like Pat Shermer his dad coached and then he got into coaching and you pay your dues for a long time and you're an assistant here and there and everywhere and then you get a head coaching gig, you get a coordinator job, and then you get a different job, right? It's, it's a lifelong thing. John Madden only coached for 18 years, and some of those were in college. Not all of that was in the NFL. It's a fairly short coaching career relative to a lot of coaches. He goes into the booth in 79. He's the number one guy within a year or two with Pat Summerall at CBS, and he's on TV until 2008. Final game he called was the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, February 1st, 2009. Really long broadcasting career. And sort of in the style of Bob Euchre, who did a lot of this as well, did a lot of commercials, Miller Lite, right? Which is cool. That's the parallel between those two because Euchre had the, eh, ah, must be in the front row. You know, Miller Lite commercial, very slice of home. is great. Euchre was on with Johnny Carson from time to time. Madden hosted SNL, all that stuff. And then, of course, the Madden video game started just before 1990 and it's still a huge deal now. Every year we always talk about the new Madden game and the reasons why we love it and hate it. and It's still very much relevant. So Madden has coaching. He has TV, he has the video game. He had many different acts to his life or to his career, many different stages, many different acts. And I think this isn't unique to John Madden. You look at the most successful people in the world, in business, in sports, in media, in music, all of the most successful people have phases And they go through different stages and they do different things and they're successful, not just at one or two things, but many things. And John Madden certainly that was the case. I like using this as a gauge for musicians and singers who exist over long periods of time, right? People who are still, after busting it, you know, big onto the scene years ago, whether it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s, or in the early 2000s, which is obviously the last 20 years, you know, if a band came out in 2000, just being relevant until now, that's nuts. It doesn't have to go all the way back to the 70s, but. Musicians or singers or songwriters that have careers that span 10, 20, 30 years, the most successful ones will have different stages and they'll have different sounds and they'll accomplish different things in different ways. Like I was thinking today about Don Henley, right? Don Henley with the Eagles and he was there from the beginning had the best-selling album of the century, their greatest hit, 71 to 75, and it was the best-selling album of that century until Michael Jackson passed, and then Thriller passed it by. So that would have been, what, 2009, 2010? That was the greatest-selling album of that century, and that was before the Eagles had Hotel California. Right? He has three solo albums in the 80s. They're all awesome, and they fit the times, and they live on MTV and Dirty Laundry kind of fit. Right? That fits. He wasn't some folksy guy who kind of existed based off of his reputation, the Eagles. No, he reinvented himself. He was on MTV and he was collaborating with Stevie Nicks and all these. Like, it was cool. And then the Eagles got back together and he's had another act with them in the 90s with Hell Freeze is over. And now Henley has adapted again and switched into the last stage of his career, which is basically just suing everyone and everything and whining about TikTok and how it's costing him money or something. So Don Henley, like John Madden, like most successful people, many phases he's with the Eagles they're great then he goes solo has a bunch of albums and the sound fits the 80s he's not skating by on his Eagles reputation he makes great unique music that stands on its own and now he's suing everyone and he's that crabby old man which is the perfect final phase to his, to his career Taylor Swift is the same way Taylor Swift is actually an amazing comp for John Madden because there are kids now who are 7 or 8 years old very much aware of Taylor Swift would, never would know that she started country She was very country. Not like borderline country, but but very country. The way that Shania Twain started country. And there's kids now who wouldn't know that John Madden was a coach back in the day or a broadcaster. They know him only through a video game. So he lives in pop culture and in the minds of young people for different reasons than he would live in the mind of people who are middle-aged or people who are even elderly who watched football back when John Madden was on the sideline in Oakland with the Raiders. And he was winning, geez, three out of every four games. He was a machine. He won, very similar to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, with every album, changes and adapts. They're all different. My sister's a huge Taylor Swift fan. I texted her today about this, right? Always changing, always reinventing herself. My favorite artist is John Mayer. He does the same thing. Started as acoustic soft song guy. Then he starts a blues trio. Then he goes country. Now he's with the dead. And that's not always easy for music people or media people or writers or actors, right? If you make a name for yourself doing one thing and people love you for it, and now all of a sudden you do something completely different, Well, people aren't just going to follow you and like that just to like you. If I know someone is a country artist and I like country music and all of a sudden you go pop, maybe that pisses me off. Maybe I don't like that. It takes a set of stones really for artists or media people to go and do that. If we're looking at sports media, obviously John Madden was a huge part of that. I really like Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons has a knack for realizing when things are getting stale right? And being a little bit ahead of the time. Hey, Bill Simmons is the Ted Thompson of sports media in that he's going to move on a year too early rather than a year too late. He was blogging in 2001 and he was podcasting like 15 years ago before anyone podcasted. Now everybody podcasts, right? Started Grantland at ESPN, which was sports and pop culture put together really for the first time. Now we can't imagine the two without the other, right? Leaves ESPN, in studio shows and NBA Countdown. He's like, you know, studio shows aren't in anymore. We're reading off a prompter and it's all very scripted. We want to go more free flowing. So it's HBO and he starts The Ringer. Many stages his, t- you know, many stages to his career in media, like a musician with many different albums, many different band configurations, right? And that's John Madden. And John Madden as a broadcaster, I think Caliendo did this too, <laughs> which, like, I don't, I don't know how John Madden would feel about Frank Caliendo, but Frank Caliendo, you know made him into this caricature especially because he was on fox you know and he did with the show with terry howie michael and jimmy and he kind of posed him as this bumbling kind of cartoon character and i guess in a sense he was and bob Euchre is kind of the same way bob bob Euchre is not bumbling but he's got this character and this persona to him as well and we think of john madden as this innocent kind of bumbling guy but he was a pioneer Sports media was changed forever because of John Madden. Think of the state of sports media in the 80s, okay? When you turned on a football game or you watched the Brewers or you watched the Bucks, you would watch it on TV assuming it's televised, and that's not a guarantee because there's no NBA League Pass. There's no Reddit to find illegal streams. Now, I don't do that. God, no. No, that's illegal. No, 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 no. Right, Sunday NFL ticket with DirecTV. That doesn't exist. So you get the games that you get, And then once the games are done, you are reading your local newspaper and you're maybe reading Sports Illustrated every once in a while. That's it. There's no podcasts. There's no blogs. There's really no sports radio, even terrestrial radio with an antenna in your car. Like we know today, Mike and the Mad Dog didn't start until 1990 or the really late 80s. And that was kind of the first venture into sports talk all the time on WFAN in New York. John Madden was the teacher of football in an era where there was no teachers of football because nobody was grinding film and posting clips on Twitter and no one was writing blog posts about this style of offense. John Madden was the one who taught people about football. And he was so good at it. And yeah, it was fun. He would use the yellow pen. But, you know, he communicated football in a way that no one else did in a time when no one else had the platform, right? We didn't have the antenna to take in all the information we do now. And I'm not saying John Madden wouldn't be a good fit today, but John Madden was the only guy doing what he was doing in that era. Very football broadcaster, very, very bare bones. Very boring. Boring and concise. And there were no bells or whistles. And he added so much and taught us, I think, a lot about the game as a broadcaster. He also changed how play-by-play guys operate. I don't think Joe Buck exists the way that he does today without John Madden. I don't think Mike Breen, who does ESPN uh, NBA games, exists the way that he exists today. Because back in the day, you had play-by-play guys like Scully. And I think Kevin Harlan is a really good example of this now, where it's very old-timey and it's really loquacious. Like, hey, and he's going down the sideline to the field and he's escorted out of bounds on a gorgeous Southern California day. And blah, 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 Right? It's just this never-ending free flow of words. And Kevin Harlan is that way too. Kevin Harlan is like an old-timey announcer. He's got a voice and a delivery from an era gone by. When John Madden came onto the scene, he was a star. He was the analyst. You wanted him talking more than you wanted the play-by-play guy. And Summerall was perfect because Summerall didn't say anything. Summerall would say, and a first down. And then John Madden would go. And that's the way Joe Buck is. That's the way Mike Breen is compared to Kevin Harlan. Mike Breen is very concise, and Joe Buck is very concise. And I don't think you have sports broadcasts now where the play-by-play guy is concise and crisp and clean And really just a bouncing pad for personalities like Tony Romo or Troy Aikman or Brian Greasy, who's the best of them all. (laughs) Our hero in the booth on Monday Night Football. I read this in the New York Post today. This is a quote from John Madden about Summerall and what made him great. Because I think Summerall and play-by-play guys like him who've come later, they wouldn't exist without John Madden. There wouldn't have been a need for it. This is the quote. I don't know if anyone learned from Pat Summerall what his secret to success was, but I'll tell you what I think it was. And this is from his uh, autobiography, Madden's. A lot of play-by-play guys think they have to lead the analyst where they want him to go, which is really a huge mistake. Too many of them often lead the analyst to a place where he doesn't want to go or even worse, where he's not prepared to go. But Pat's genius was that instead of leading you, he would always tag you. So Summerall would just get out of the way. You wouldn't try to give him a prompt or give him a setup. No, Madden, you take it where you want to go. And that's what Romo does. Almost obnoxiously, I think I like Tony Romo less as time goes on. I don't dislike him, but I don't know. I don't know. Right and Troy Aikman, personalized like that. Greg Olson, I think is Greg Olson, so damn good. And it's play-by-play guys that know what buttons to push and what buttons to not push and when to just stand back. John Madden forced play-by-play guys to advance and to be more modern instead of being the Vin Scullys of the world, where it's oh, you know, good name for a of baseball, and it's this never-ending you know, really upscale-sounding, old-timey delivery. John Madden changed a lot in sports media. It was very interesting to read about today. Obviously sad, but a very long, successful life. Um, 85 years, or as Brian Anderson says, to bring it full circle with a broadcaster, 85 years of age. Let's let's take a break. I want to talk Packers coming up next. Some injury news we heard from Matt LaFleur today. We'll get to that in three minutes.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills, On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bill. Sakai Obrin will be here from the zone, the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network, in about 10 minutes. Talk Badgers bowl game tomorrow night, and a thing or two on Aaron Rodgers, because I had to ask. I always like to get Zach's opinion on everything I can. He'll join us in 10 minutes. You can join me right now if you'd like, 608-796-2558. I was thinking we venture into the Packers and some injury updates today. However, it was fun to talk about John Madden for a couple minutes at the start of the show, and if you would like to chime in on that and talk about that, uh, you're welcome. Whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. DW is in New Glarus. DW, what do you want to talk about? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Grant. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing swell. It's kind of sad to talk about a legend who died, but someone who's really interesting and Yeah, I, and fun I to hear you. About. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm going to go back old school on you. I'm probably a little bit older than you are, but uh, Wisconsin has had some great great TV and uh, TV and radio guys. Yeah. Um, I can, I can remember listening to the Eddie the Do set with the Bucks, And then you had Ted Davis there. Yeah, um, I thought he really called a great game. Um, Jim Irwin with the Packers mm-hmm. from way back with Max McGee. Max McGee. That was a cl- they were a classic. Um, and you still got Bob Bucher in the booth for the Brewers. But you know, even now, new school. Um, I really like listening to Matt LePay do the radio or, uh, on the Brewers tele- telecast. And, he's great. You know, he's he's got such a great voice for Wisconsin sports. I mean, I hope he never. Moves away from Wisconsin because I just I really enjoyed listening to him on the radio, um, and then on a college with uh, kind of like college football a while back. How about Keith Jackson? Mm-hmm. Yep. You remember? Do you remember his favorite thing? Hit me with it. I can't remember either. That's <laughs> I'm you, but i But I gotta I gotta look it up. But man, he was a he was a character too. But You know, John Madden. I think he did a really. Uh, fantastic job he brought you know he was an own football coach and when he went, got in the booth I mean he really brought a lot of X's and O's to the game mm-hmm. so like an, uh, you know just like an average fan could you know enjoy the game listening to him or doing TV with Pat Summerall that, that, both guys were awesome yeah um, that's, all I really, that's all I really got I just wanted to show I just wanted to let you know that Wisconsin we've had, we've had some great announcers you know radio out analyst and also TV guy on the booth. I mean, we've been blessed with Wisconsin sports with, with the mouthful, I guess what I'm trying to make a point. Yeah. Um, that's really, all, that's really all I got. Grant, I hope you have a fantastic new year and uh, take it easy.
2: Yeah. You as well. DW new Glarus, Thanks for the call. We are very lucky in Wisconsin. Um, and maybe you feel differently and maybe you're a Minnesota or a Chicago sports fan that lives in Wisconsin. And maybe you feel differently because Again, when Paul Allen came up on Monday, and someone was complaining—I think it was Richie and Claire—was complaining about Paul Allen. I'm like, look, he, he's not talking to us. Paul Allen is not broadcasting for Packer fans. He's not concerned about tempering his homer attitude for Packers fans because he's not—he—he's—he's he's not for us. We are not his target audience. He's talking to Vikings fans, right? So maybe everybody has a different opinion, but I think in Wisconsin. Larravee's great. That's the thing with the NFL broadcasts. There, there are 32 of those jobs. They're all really good. But Bob Euchre is, oh, my God. Well, and Bob Eucher is like John Madden in a way, right, where he transcended just being an announcer but being a brand. He was bigger than the sport he was broadcasting. People knew him from the Brewers, but he was in Miller Lite commercials, and obviously he's still doing Usinger's commercials, and he's maybe more on a local level, but baseball's a more local sport. It's more regional than the NFL. But Bob Euchre was on with Carson. He would tell jokes. And he was in Major League and he acted in movies, right? And we're obviously super lucky with Bob Euchre. I love Matt LePay. Talk about Laravy. I really, really like Wayne Laravy. LePay's even good on the Brewer Games. Brian Anderson's obviously the best, but I like Rock. I think Levering's really good too. Levering is awesome. On TV, on the radio, whatever they have him do, he's excellent at. Levering is really good, and I think we're lucky to have him and Maybe as Bob Uecker starts to take more time away, or at any point he hangs it up, I think we're in a pretty good spot with Levering. Assuming he's around for a while, I really like Jeff Levering. Um, and then of course, you know, Ted Davis is great. I love Jim Paschke. Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson are awesome as well. Mike is in downtown Madison. Mike, what's going on? Welcome. Yellow. Oh, I'm sorry. This is this not Mike? Who am I talking to? Is this Chris? Chris, is this you? No, it's me, buddy. David Monona. This isn't your normal number. What the <laughs> hell's going on, though, Dave? Nice to hear from you.
0: I thought I'd show you Luke looped First of all, let's get it out of the way. I don't care. I'm not going to wish you a Happy New Year. I could care less.
3: <laughs> oh, good.
0: But <laughs> the, the piggy bake on GW, yeah. I've been around. I depend on play-by-play, so I consider me an expert. Yeah, Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan hands down, number one, there is nobody who can carry his jock. The way he describes... The off the ball, see the off the ball actions. Yeah, I helped You know, I helped some of the Badger announcers here over the years, kind of work on their basketball skills. Yeah. And the one thing I always told many of them, it's your off the ball description that makes you good. Matt Lapay in basketball, very very good. Um, Ted Davis, very very good. The, t- the two clowns they have now, god awful. <laughs> I mean, how how they got their jobs, I have no idea. Idea. But you know, Rob Andringo, and you have Brian Posick in hockey. You know, like P. Dub said, you go back to Jim Irwin. What made him good is Max McGee probably didn't know where he was half the time because he was hammered. But boy, he but he brought excitement to the booth. You know, Larry McCarron. Wayne Larry, we are spoiled. You know, you got Matt, Mark, Towser and, and uh, Lucas. You know, Bob Euchre. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, yeah, I mean, but the one thing. You know, well, by the way, Matt LePay in baseball, god awful. That's why. That's why he got the hell out of the booth. He was
2: horrible. <laughs> I think well, you know, he, really quick on LePay, I think LePay and yeah. Rock is just a tough combo because they're so similar, yeah. right? Like when the two of them get in there, it sometimes there's there's not enough going on. It's very laid back. No. And it gets a little quiet.
0: But that's the one thing Matt LePay does in football, and I used to tell a couple of guys who do volleyball, women's volleyball and some other ones, listen to Matt LePay's off the ball call and Kevin Harlan. If you can, you can even come close to Ted Davis to describe what we'll like you said, Vince Kelly. He could be he could be doing a home run. Meanwhile, talking about how beautiful the the background is, the mountains, and the sun. Yeah, right in the middle of a home run call, and that's what makes those you know, those guys you know special. Yeah, but I mean Kevin Harlan and people like that. And then, um, not just not want to break that again, Bob. Well, but anyway, <laughs> but can. I wanted to piggyback on any of the announcers. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're we are, we are def, we're definitely spoiled. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, you're just a young buck, and you and you know one one. I'll leave you this one bad thing: like lacrosse, they're big in media. Oh, are they're we? Teaching these young, they're, yeah, they're teaching these young play-by-play people to be zombies. Don't show emotion mm-hmm. or play-by-play. Listen, listen to Ben Bress and all these guys. I mean, they, like Paul Allen. Paul Allen is God. He, he's great. See, uh, I, I mean, think so, you too. Yeah, your, I agree.
2: I agree. I like Paul don't Allen.
0: Don't you watch your play-by-plays? I don't want to interrupt you. But don't you want your play-by-plays showing excitement? In. Like Rob Van Gringa some days, guys. Go back to YouTube, you know, when he was doing hockey – NCAA basketball, I mean, hockey. Oh, my God, the guy was just, I mean, he wanted to get out on the ice and fight the other team. Yeah. You know, Max McGee and Jim Irwin, you know, well, Lucas, well, back in his day, I mean, he he, he probably would have jumped out of the booth, too, and kicked your ass.
2: <laughs> radio but, no, radio but, is theater of the mind, Dave. you got to paint oh a picture in God, the theater yes. of the mind. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and that's the key. Then Scott, but, but probably the greatest, second of all time, is my man, Harry Carey. If people want to get laughed, Jerry Carey and Ron Santo and Fat Hughes, it's called Voices of the Past. They show every blooper and blunders of, you know, Ron Say and Jerry Carey and and Fat Hughes. Oh, my God. Like me on Bob Eucher, But anyway, yeah, look at me. I didn't rip anybody except, you know, I don't care about your New Year's,
2: right? Well, Dave, if it makes you feel better, I don't care about your New Year's either. How does that sound?
0: Well, there you go. Now (laughs) you're starting to come on the dark side.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Dave. I got to get to that. Have a good one. Yeah, that's David Monona. Sorry, I didn't recognize. Yeah, your number came through weird. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I got to be better than that. Let's get Zach Heilprin on the horn. We'll chat Badgers and about tomorrow night's bowl game with Zach. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show, Ricky Rubio tore his ACL. That sucks. NBA lounges tomorrow. I thought maybe we should talk about the Cavs a little bit. They're balling. They're hooping. Ricky Rubio was playing good off the bench. Former Wolf, you know, guy. That sucks for them. That's a bummer. A lot of people are coming back off the COVID list. Adam Schefter said today, over 100 players came back off the list. And probably a good sign, too, a little bit of a silver lining. I know we're all frustrated that all these vaccinated players are going on the COVID list. It is frustrating, but the great news is they're coming right off it. It's not killing these players. I mean, literally or figuratively. It's not putting them under the weather for two or three weeks. They're able to come back, which is good news. So hopefully we get to the point where there are more players coming back than there are players going onto the list. that makes sense. Give me a text, 608-796-2558. You can tweet me at Grant as well. Right now, I'm going to play with you or play for you. (laughs) I mean, play together. Zach Heilprin is in Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl tomorrow night, and he's busy during the show, so I caught up with him around 2 o'clock today. Here's our conversation. Zach Heilprin, you hear him on the updates, the sports director at The Zone. He is now out in Las Vegas, and Zach, I appreciate you fitting me in. I'm sure you're very busy out there. And I'll have you know, because last time you joined us, Zach, uh, we were talking about how sometimes I over-prepare and I get questions ready. I thought all day, trying to think of a pun... Where I could say Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Nothing works with your name. I thought all day I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, I appreciate the effort. I, I tried, do. I tried. I was look. I was googling things. I, your name is just—it's very unique. It doesn't really fit with anything. So you're in Vegas <laughs> for Las Vegas Bowl. Badgers play tomorrow night at nine thirty central. Correct. I tried to correct. watch the Gophers last night at that time and made it through like a quarter. So I'm gonna have to get some caffeine or, or something tomorrow night. Can I be honest with you, Zach? I, I feel like there's too much time between the end of the regular season and the start of bowl season, because I think people lose interest. Is this something you've thought about?
1: Well, I mean, when it's this game, people lose interest. Okay. I don't think people lose interest like if it's a Rose Bowl or, you know, if like if they had played in the Big Ten Championship game, you know, it would have only been like, what, like a three-week time off before the game. So yeah. I, I, mean, I I think it depends on the bowl game, especially when you had a season like Wisconsin did where expectations are high and, and they're now in Las Vegas playing against the Arizona State team that not too many people are excited to face. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not an exciting, overly exciting game, but I think if it was a, a better matchup and or a better bowl game, people I think probably will. I don't know if the time would have impacted them like it does with this one.
2: That's very true. The analogy that I was thinking of, so when my band plays shows, you know, if you played a bar or, or somewhere, the, the set is typically four hours, so you do three sets and then the rest of the time you fill in with breaks. What we realized is you can't take the second break you got to play one set, take a break, and then just go to the finish. Because if you take that second break, people will leave. They'll well, they'll take that opportunity. They'll go somewhere else. So we've just stopped taking that second break, and then we hold people in the bar. And I feel like maybe that just tells us, based on what you said, that we're not a very good band. Because if it's a great game, people will wait and stay engaged. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's the case of you, us.
1: <laughs> you said that. I did not. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's funny. So I heard you on uh, Bill's show today. By the way, you were great. I stayed in my car an extra couple minutes to hear the end of your chat before going into that's- work. Um, that hits, that hits he, the heart. Yeah, I, I know. Arizona State's without a bunch of really good players. And I guess maybe I read this somewhere. Maybe we talked about it with Ben on Bill's show when we were filling in. But but why is that? Is it people going to the draft? Is it injuries? What's the situation? Because if Badgers fans haven't been following this closely, they probably wouldn't know this. I, I forgot about it.
1: Yeah, it's a mixture of things. Uh, so they got four guys that have opted out to start preparing for the draft, including their leading rusher and their starting two starting corners and their best player on defense or linebacker. All four of those guys are preparing for the draft. Their second leading rusher is in the transfer portal, and they also have some injuries um, along the offensive line, including their center, who's unlikely to play. So, yeah, they are, uh, they're they're de- they're dealing with some stuff, for sure, and it's why I, I think Wisconsin should be a-, a much bigger favorite than they are right now, uh, which I believe is a six-point favorite.
2: Something else he said on Bill's show today, even when Arizona State is 100% put together and they have everyone, which they don't, they're still not a great team at stopping an offense like Wisconsin, one that's going to run the clock and ground and pound and, and kind of run the ball down your throat. But we thought about that Minnesota too, didn't we? We didn't expect Minnesota to be able to stand in there and stop Wisconsin's run, but they did all these different things, some unexpected things, and they were able to do yeah. a pretty good job. Who's to say that Arizona can't do the same thing. And if they do, will Wisconsin be better against it now, a couple of weeks later than they were compared to Minnesota?
1: Well, I think a couple of things factored in with the Minnesota game. One, the biggest, in my opinion, was a not so healthy Braylon Allen. Okay. Um, after having all the hits on his legs, I mean, he he had ailments all up and down his legs. Like they, he was a shell of what he had been earlier in the season. He wouldn't use it as an excuse, and I think Minnesota did a really really good job against Wisconsin's run game. Um, Minnesota's defense, I think, is was was more prepared for, for that type of thing. I, I honestly, I'll be honest, I did not expect them to stop Wisconsin's run. They did. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State in the two game, like in the games that they had faced against the teams that want to run it down their throat. Um, they've been able to do it. Uh, Utah put up over 200 yards on them. BYU uh, had had their way to an extent as well. So, like, I think it is even you know, and that was with their full health, uh, complement of guys. So, I think Wisconsin has a lot to prove in this game. That's another factor I'm, I'm putting into. I'm throwing out there is based on what happened against Minnesota. They have they have something to prove. They don't want to go out on a on a rock note like they did against the Gophers, and yeah. uh, I, I just think that they have more to play for, even though it is. You know, the Las Vegas Bowl. But, yeah, in, in terms of the run game, can they adjust? Uh, I, I guess we'll have to see. But I think Braylon Allen's going to have a big game. And I think he's going get to get a ton of work, too.
2: Well, uh, in a couple of weeks off, maybe that can make a big difference, especially for, for some of these college running backs where it's not really like the pros. You're the bell cow, right? You're getting the ball all the time. Couple weeks off is probably really nice for a player like Braylon Allen. Oh yeah, by the way, he's uh he's still seventeen. I think you mentioned that, but I will uh I will I'll mention I it again. I did not. Oh you didn't? Okay, okay, good. I just I wanted to make sure everybody uh everybody remembered. We're talking with Zach Heilprin, yep, Wisconsin he got, Sports Zone Radio Network here on the zone. Month. What was that, Zach? He's got he's got that for another month. He's still okay, so he turns eighteen next month? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least he's not Barry Alvarez's grandson. If he was both, then that might be a little bit too much to take. But obviously, he's one of those seniors, Ferguson, one of those seniors on offense. And they don't want to go out on a sour note, like you said. The last time that they really had an ugly game leading into bowl season was 2018 when they lost to the Gophers, right? And then they came back and they walloped Miami in the pinstripe bowl. They look like a different team. What did they do that year where they looked so horrible a couple of weeks before and then they look like a different version of themselves? Is that something we're going to see? I, I've always thought Chris and his staff do a really good job at the end of the year, pulling out all the stops. Is that something we're going to see tomorrow night? What could they do on offense to to really empty the clip um, and make sure that I mean, they look better?
1: Yeah, I mean, Alex Hornibrook was horrible in the Minnesota game that year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just turned it over like nobody's business. They couldn't run the ball and they couldn't they couldn't slow them um, uh, offensively. A lot of slants, a lot of runs, a lot of short runs, just like Minnesota did, you know, a few, few weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, Alex Hornibrook was horrible. So Jack Cohen got the start against oh Miami. I, I feel like Miami and Arizona State are similar. I don't think either of them wanted to be at the, their their particular bowl game. Yeah, uh, and so that that's kind of where I, that's kind of how I view this one. But what can they do to uh, get back from what they did that night against Minnesota? Or that day against Minnesota, run, hit open wide receivers, Graham Mertz, and uh, and keep and uh, don't allow teams to, to run on you I mean that they uh, they gave up it's not like they gave up a ton of yards rushing but Minnesota had enough success that they got into short uh, third and short situations or third and mm-hmm. manageable situations which didn't allow Wisconsin to tee off on uh, Tanner Morgan and uh, very rarely had an opportunity to get after him and that had been the success of what that team had done all year I'm interested to see what kind of adjustments the defense makes because the defense uh, in those last two games against Nebraska and Minnesota They weren't exposed against Minnesota, but Minnesota took advantage of the same things, some of the same things that Nebraska did, and that is taking uh, advantage of the aggressiveness of Wisconsin's inside linebackers, specifically Leo Chanel, and getting those guys uh, into coverage issues. And we saw what happened, especially against Nebraska. But I don't know. I I, I think again, I I, Jane Daniels is a really good quarterback for uh, for Arizona State. I shouldn't say really good. He's he's a solid quarterback for for Arizona State. Uh, Certainly a, a threat with his legs, but. Wisconsin defense, I think, will uh, slow that offense, and, and Wisconsin's offense can be able to run the ball, and grab Marks will make a throw here here, here or there, and they'll win going away.
2: Yeah, so basically what you're saying is they just need to do the bare minimum things well that they've done all year. That's a pretty solid recipe, even if it doesn't always look pretty. Like, it didn't look pretty against Nebraska. They give up a lot of yards, and, I mean, they were in it against Minnesota, but, God, just some of the basic things we're used to seeing them do, they just they couldn't do it. It was bad. Uh, I... Maybe we'll bring up the Packers here for a sec, but before we're done with Badgers, just looking even past this game and into the offseason, another thing I heard you bring up with Bill. Bill asked about the Badgers place in the Big Ten and you know, getting up there with Ohio State and Michigan and winning the Big Ten. I I just don't think that's a reasonable trajectory. Like college football isn't a ladder where the Badgers are here and then they take the next step and the next like it just doesn't often work like that. I, I think the Badgers are in a pretty good spot. They've lost some important games. I'd like to see some of these games go differently. But moving forward, I think the program's in a good spot. But I think Paul Kriss probably has to switch some things up this offseason. At least that's what the smart people like you were saying, Zach. What kind of adjustments or, or tweaks do you think maybe Paul Kriss moves forward with next season after Uh-oh. this game tomorrow night?
1: Oh, what, I have zero clue what he's going to do okay. because it's freaking Paul yeah. Um uh, But... In terms of things that I think he should do, uh, it, it really comes down to is, you know, Joe Rudolph, there's the, the report out there that Virginia Tech is, is hard after him to be their uh, offensive line coach. They, uh, they are potentially going to be trying to add him. And if they do, it gives Wisconsin an opportunity, Paul Chris, an opportunity to not have to fire one of his best friends and also to potentially bring somebody in with a new voice for the offense because they could move Bob Bostad, who's the linebacker's coach over the offensive line, whereas he uh, had a ton of success at his first tent, his first stop with Wisconsin, then you could potentially bring somebody in uh, as an offensive coordinator and uh, a quarterback's coach to just give a fresh eyes and, and a fresh feel to the uh, the offense. Because right in five of Paul Chris' seven years, it hasn't been anywhere close to good enough, and that includes this year. Um, they, they do some good things, but it just hasn't been – elite and if they had just I will not even say elite like if the, it just can be good not even very good but good with the defense that they've been able to play yeah they would have uh you know they'd be in the Big Ten championship game every single year because they have the defense to be there and they'd have a shot to beat Ohio State like they did in 2017 and like they did in 2019 when those are the two years there their offense was good enough to win the Big Ten championship game and uh and didn't do it but they were close and yeah. so I, I feel like they just, there's an opportunity here for Paul Chris to bring in some new eyes, some new ideas, and uh, we'll we'll see if he does it. I mean, I he's a very loyal guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I, I mean if Joe Rudolph if Joe Rudolph sticks around, I, I, I imagine nothing's probably going to change
2: there. Yeah.
1: Um, but there, at least there's the opportunity.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of college coaches. I mean, it's just their personality. It's the way things are set up. They have an ego right? And it's about them. And I think Jim Harbaugh is maybe a good story. He was there for a couple of years. It wasn't working. So he brings in Josh Gaddis. He brings in new people, switches some things around, and it's it's this constant process of tinkering. Now Michigan is in a great spot and it's probably not realistic for Wisconsin to be there every year, just like it's not realistic for Michigan. But you catch your schedule right, your offense is good enough, and who knows, you can have a great year every once in a while. I think that's very well within the realm of a possibility for the Badgers. Uh, Zach, before I let you go, did you... uh, do you see anything from the Rogers presser this afternoon? He's talking about retirement, and I, I saw that became a it thing. Did. I was like, "Oh no, there's no way he's it gonna did. retire, right?" What'd you say? There's no way he's actually gonna retire, right? I,
1: I think. I mean, I think it's at least on the table, but I, it probably in my mind would probably be the third option for him. Yeah, like it, like it's it's down, it's down a ways. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's top thing. Considering he's playing well, and like the only reason you would want, not want to play well is if you were, or you would not want to play again, is if you were playing poorly. You, you, you want to go out not playing like Ben Roethlisberger. You want to go out playing like Aaron Rodgers, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, I could see that, but, I mean, again, if they win a Super Bowl, I could I could definitely see him retiring and uh, and hanging it up. Um, but, again, I, I still think the most likely thing to happen is him going somewhere else, uh, though his comments about Brian Kudekunst, and saying how, you know, all his praise this 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 season on him is not just words. It it means something. They that they have do have a better relationship that he has more been more involved, and that a lot of the issues that popped up during the off season have been addressed. So, I just the, the biggest thing here is the money. Like how to, how does that all work because the yeah. uh, <laughs> the salary cap, but again, I I think the most likely thing is is him going elsewhere, but I could see any of those three three things happening. It's um especially if they're able to finish this one off and win
2: a Super Bowl. Well, this is the best Packers team he's going to have. If he plays for three or four more years in Green Bay, well, three or f- four, who knows, but for the next two years in Green Bay, he's not going to have a team as good as this one. So if he wants to continue to compete and going somewhere else is it's probably the, the smartest thing. Um, I'm sure. impressed the way you can be in L.A. and, and follow up on these Packers stories well. You going to do anything fun while you're out there in Vegas? Did I say L.A.? I meant Vegas. You going to see a show or uh, gamble at all? We, don't,
1: uh, we went out last night. So there's some other media folks here. We went out last night. Really? Went to Top Golf, and uh, I've, I've never been to Top Golf before. It was it was fun, uh, and then hit up some some bars and had uh, probably more fun more fun than we should have because I felt it this morning. Wow! Uh, I'm getting I'm getting too old for it, but yeah, I know it was a good time. And then uh, obviously uh, Wisconsin, the basketball team, is playing tonight. Yeah. So we're going to probably find uh, a sports book to, to sit down and watch that and oh, and see uh, what what things look like and whether we bet uh, whether Wisconsin can cover seventeen. I think I think uh, I'm probably going to say no. But um, it's yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. I I like Vegas. It's not some place I would ever want to live or come on a regular basis, but you know, a year or two is not too bad.
2: Yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You and the Badger beat are just out there tearing it up. I I wow. I'm I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. a little jealous, Zach. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Enjoy the game. You're going to be up late. Oh, God. I'm going to – oh, that game's going to be so late. Whatever. I've I've been very good, Zach. I've been getting to bed early and getting my eight hours, and and my show is – I'm seeing the results, but tomorrow night that's going to be – oh, God. Yes. I believe in you. (laughs) Thank thank you. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, Grant. Zach Heilpern on Twitter. You can read his work, madcitysportszone.com. I recommend his podcast, The Camp, with Jesse Temple. He does the swing as well. Excellent basketball, excellent football for Badgers, but coverage for everything at MadCitySportZone.com. And you can hear him on the zone, and he was on Bill's show today as well. Let's take a break, get an update from Mike Clemens, and get into the Packers coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant
3: Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.